Let me get this turned on because I tend not to talk loud enough. And uh, okay, is it working? Is it working? Can you hear me? Can everybody hear me? Okay. Okay. Uh, is that for standing on? Let me borrow that. I just I feel like I feel like this whole thing is ah. Oh, there we go. This is much better. Um, They made the platform too high, of course. Uh, again, uh, thank you. Thank you all for this privilege. It's, uh, it is a privilege to be able to preach before God and be a mouthpiece for him. And, and a lot of you folks allow me to do this is also a, a great privilege. And uh, I'm also grateful for our Lord Jesus Christ and uh, that what he has done for us, our God who died and spilled his blood for us. Amen. It's... Uh, and if you don't believe it, read, uh, read it in Acts 20 and read it also in Hebrews. And if you don't believe that it was God that died for us, then you can go on and read it in, uh, uh, I'm sorry, in Acts 20. Uh, in, yeah, uh, 1 Timothy 3.16 and John 1.1 1, 1, and through 13 and 14. And you will know that it was our God who came down from heaven and died for us. Amen. And it's never, let's not ever forget about that. Uh, before we uh, uh, continue on, I want to, Marvin, can you read a, a, Lead song of uh, 681. I know it's a little bit unusual. You're going to find a lot of unusual things about me. Hopefully it's for the glory of God and it's good. 681.
thought that might be a good song to spring for, spring from. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew 22. It's a familiar verse to all of us. It should be about to all of us. If we've all been reading our Bibles, and I pray that you're all in your Word. It's our lifeblood of the believer. Amen. Amen. Matthew 22. 37 to 39. Okay. And Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. I think our God's pretty clear about that, you mean? It's all. All. God help us in those areas. This is the first and great commandment, and the second like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Let us pray. O oh Lord our God, we come before you. I pray that your Holy Spirit dwell upon us, to give us hearts and ears to hear, that we can go forth and be the light you call us to be. Father, I pray also, you created the mouth as you told Moses. Father, I pray that you can speak through me. Let it be your words, let mine be few. You know they don't want to hear from mankind, they want to hear from you. I thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. The title of this message, if you will, or maybe more of a question, is why do we do what we do? Or why we should do what we do? When I came, when I, uh, question I want to ask you, when you came to Christ, what was your thinking? Did you come to Jesus because, well, I want to escape hell. It's a good thing to be. You want to come to Jesus? It's a good thing. It's, nobody wants to go to hell, right? I don't know. Maybe there's some guys who want to be there. They think they're going to be with their friends and they're going to have this great party. I've heard that in the past when I was in the Navy and from the Marines. Well, I'd just be with my Marine buddies down there. They don't realize and I tell them that it's not that glorious. It's glorious at all for that matter. It's going to be utter darkness. It's going to be separated from God and love for eternity. Do we come because we get a gain out of the whole thing? Well, I get heaven and I get, the, I get the God's promises. I get everything that God has, that he has promised me. Was I too low, too high? Nobody's saying nothing, except my wife. Sometimes I, I wonder, as the, uh, old as the old law uh, terms called full disclosure, didn't everybody tell you that when you come to Jesus that there was going to be a war? Did they tell you that there was going to be a, there was going to be a, uh, a constant battle from the day you came to Jesus? Or did you think when you came to Jesus that, that your road is going to be paved with gold and you're going to have daffodils and daisies and blue skies and sunshine? 
I think if we've all been a believer long enough, we know that it's not so. Amen? All of some of us, from dealing with our things in our own lives, it might be from, uh, from a bad attitude, bad language, to uh, just things that happen sometimes of bad health. And uh, sometimes we have loss of, lo loss of loved ones. I think you could probably say by testimony that, no, that's not the... Uh, I've th again, if it was not your thoughts that I came here because I thought things were just going to be wonderful. No, I don't think God or Jesus says that that was going to be the case. <coughs> the reality is that we're going to have our trials and tribulations always to the almost all I would say all the way to the promised land, amen. But God has called us to a times to grow in grace, so we can overcome the times that things these things come these things come about in our lives, because we can't prevent them, and sometimes we don't want to. So will God just bring me all the turmoil in my life, and I just want to go through it? No, God knows what we can handle at times when we need it. God just wants to build that trust in us and build a trust in him. Actually, our, our society is about building trust in us. You know, you're, you're the person, you, you, you know, you're everything. And, uh, and if, it doesn't, if it's not because you don't get what you need in life, then you just blame somebody else. I remember my daughters, we went to, uh, when they were going to college for nursing, they had to go through a psychology class. And that psychology class was basically, they, when, when they came home, you know what, Dad, that psychology is all about Blaming somebody else. It's not your fault. It's not fault the way you were raised. It's not fault that this happened to you. And, that, and there's things I know, realize that things do happen in your lives. Sometimes families are born with alcoholics. And I'm sure there's times that there's, there's, a, there's abuse and various things that happen in people's lives. But as a believer, we have to learn to start taking full responsibility for our own actions. When you come to Jesus, especially as you grow as an adult, you can't keep blaming our families and our moms and dads. Well, they did this and I did this, and that's why I am today. No, remember, you're a new creature in Christ. All things have become new. He wants to do a good work in you. He wants to take you from where you were and to make you what he wants you to be. So aren't that, that's, that's too hard. No, that's why it's God's work. And I always call it, the, the people want to live the Christian life and hammer it out. And I just like, no, I got to do this, and I got to do this, I got to live this way. It's not that way, folks. It was by God's grace that he saved us. It is by his grace he's going to help us walk the walk of, of, of a believer. And his grace is going to take us home. I think there's a song about that. Amen? He wants us to grow in our love, ever growing in love for him. I know we sing songs in the Bible that, oh, how I love Jesus. We know we sing those songs. Sometimes we sing a lot of these songs. I think we sometimes we realize that we tend to lie sometimes. Amen. <laughs> but I pray that when you sing these songs, these are really, I'm not there yet, but I want to be there. I want to love you. I want to love you like I say, how I love Jesus. And then from all that grows, that joy abounds. Because you see God working in your lives. As we continue leaning on his everlasting arms. And of course, we are beneficiaries of the new life. We get, for one, get our sins forgiven. Amen? That's a great load off our back. If you ever, if you ever read uh, Pills and Progress, you ever, anybody ever read that book? Great book. 
It's one of the, uh, what they say, the greatest, second greatest selling books besides the Bible, back in this day anyway. I don't know for today anymore, but great. If you get a chance to read it, I encourage you to read that. Um, but it was a great load that we carried that God relieved us of it. And we not should ever take that for granted, amen? And God called us to be a child, a child of the Creator. Just think, the God who made you and I and the sun, the sun, the the stars, the endless uh, universe, and on top of that, there's a hole in it. You know, we've got a universe that has no end. Now we've got a hole in the universe that it was all God's hand. And we're his child. And on top of that, the benefits of being a, a Lord Jesus Christ, a child of the, of the King, is uh, the new Jerusalem. At times we call it heaven. Where there is no more tears, and no more crying, no more pain. No more COVID, no more taxes, no more rent, no more any of that's all going to go away. No more broken hearts. If you want to read about the New Jerusalem, people say, oh, come on, we're all going to heaven. Revelations 21, you're going to read there in 22. If you want to get a chance to read that. And as we consider now that we're God, the benefits we get. Now, what does God get? Did he get such a great prize? Say, well, he saved me, and you know, he got something else. You know, he's got himself this, that, and the other. I, I can provide this for, the, for his kingdom. No, Christ got a sinner. Amen? He got a sinner. And when he died for us, he made us the same to those who believe. That's a great privilege. What else did he call you? Royal priesthood? What else? Ambassadors for him? He gave us a great privilege, and not us would ever take that for granted. Above all, he gained the relationship he lost back in the Garden of Eden. He lost that. I'm sure he's always wondered, I would like to bring these people back to me again. How am I going to do this? And he knew since that time when he pronounced his judgment upon mankind back then, that one day Jesus will come. And he fulfilled that. It was quite the doings, if you ever read the Bible, by the time Adam and Eve, and by the time he got to where Jesus came, all that he had to get through to make sure that bloodline passed on to us. Not that it was anything for him, but could you imagine trying to, Israel, walk with me, be with me, love me, that I could be glory, show my glory to you, and then would fall. He says, okay, let's do this again. Let's restart again. Let's get back up. I'll send my prophets. I'll send my judges. Let's, get it going. let's do it again. And then they fall. Okay, well, and he probably thought in his mind, that's why I'm going to send Jesus. Because I know they're not going to be able to keep my ways, but I'm going to show them that I love them. He tells us as believers to stay here and occupy. Throw my definition on here somewhere. To occupy. Says to hold possession, control of, to fill, to perform for function. And I told you, he left us here to be a royal priesthood, to intercede for mankind. 
You say, well, God saved me just to go to heaven and I can have a, a, this nice life, raise a family, do my job. No, he saved you and left you here for the greatest purpose to bring him glory. All these other things are just a benefit of that. Why do I raise a family? Because I want to raise arrows so I can send them out to, to tell them about Jesus. Why do I eat what I eat? I eat all to the glory of God. Should I eat all this candy? Should I eat all this junk? How is that going to affect my body? How can I glorify my body, glorify my God, if I'm always sick or always hurting? Why do I dress the way I do? Because I want to lift him up in my life. He saved me to glorify him. And I want to show the best that God has that they may see Jesus. I try to picture this as, I need somebody's help here. Oh, I need a volunteer. Probably somebody who won't break my back. You, there you go. Yeah, can you help me up here for a second? And if you don't mind, I think the ground is pretty clear if you want to lay down here for a bit. I look at it this as the world is like a mire. It's a, uh, anybody familiar, seen a look at a mire before? It's usually full of mud and dirt and water, leaves and anything else that might die in there. It's kind of pretty gross. And, and that's, I think that's how God sees sin. No, actually, as God came in, he, he dove into this mire. He came and died on the cross. And then he lifted up, raised again, overcome sin and death, and now he reaches down to mankind. This is the best grip, you want to save somebody, by the way. And he pulls them up, he pulls them up, out of heaven. And meanwhile, while he's doing that, you know, with this other hand, the believer is pointing to Jesus. He says, I'm not going to let you go. I have saved you. I'm not going to let you go. I got a good grip. Again, this is a good saving grip if you want to help somebody. And he says, I'm going to save you. And while the other hand, he's holding you. And you're pointing unto Jesus. Grab his hand. And Jesus with, and God with the other hand, he says, well, I'm hanging on to my believer. I'm going to pull another believer up. And I'm going to hang on to every one of them. Hey, thank you. I'm going to keep pulling them out. And then when I bring them up, I'm going to clean them off. I'm going to take off that sin, that mud and that mire and the dead leaves and everything. I'm going to clean you up and give you the new life. It's not going to be perfect. He says, I know while you were there in the mire, you probably picked up some thorns and thistles that are stuck to you. He says, but by my hand, I'm going to start pulling out those thorns and those thistles and everything that stuck to you while you were here as an unbeliever and you walked in sin. And I know it's going to hurt at times. I don't know if you've ever been, uh, you ever been stuck by a cactus one, one year, one time when I was real young. I don't know what I was thinking. I was at my grandma's house. She had these cactuses, you know, those, what do they call them, the round ones. I don't know what I was thinking, but I went and slapped it. I don't know what I was thinking. I went and just slapped the cactus. And, uh, no sense. Um, but meanwhile, as I did that, I'm, I'm, there, I'm there pulling these things out of my hands. And it hurt, because I got some pretty deep. 
And I consider that as, as believers, we have wallowed in this mire of, of this world. And, and when he saves you, there's those thorns and things that stuck deep into you that God has to work out. But he needs a person who's willing to surrender. Say, God, I want to do what God wants me. I want to be a, I want to be a joy to him. I want to be, to be pleased. But Lord, these thorns are in my hands. Please take them from me and pull them from me. And while God is reaching down and pulling out those sinners, he's pulling them up and there's rejoicing in heaven. Here's another one. And then I just hear the crowd of angels saying, all right, there's another one. And there's just a crowd. And then and then there's another one. He pulls up. Here's another one. And meanwhile, we all have the privilege of saying, well, I'm hanging on to Jesus. Reach for the father's hand. Reach for him. And Jesus and God is is glad for us as we've been left here for a purpose to keep pointing people to the hand of Jesus. So he can pull up and say, here's another one. And there's more rejoicing in heaven. Could you imagine just, just all that rejoicing going on because each of us are doing our part. Why do we do what we do? God has called us to be a separate people. In 2 Corinthians 6, I'm going to go there, 2 Corinthians 6. I think you're all familiar with this verse. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. He says, come out. Come out from that, that mire that you were once in. Don't stay walling out. You were my child now. Don't live there. Let me clean your life up. Let me be a father to you that I'm supposed to be. He also tells us in 2 Timothy 2.4. says, No man that warreth entangle himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen to be a soldier. Did you know each of us are called to be a soldier? Not only a real priesthood, not only an ambassador, not only his child, but he also calls us a soldier. He's called us into the battle. Oh, God, I can't, I can't, I don't want to be part of that. Mm -mm, mm. No, 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 I, you know, I got, I got my life, I got my job, I got my career. I, you know, I got, a, you know, I got, you know, I got, I got my plans. When you came to the altar, didn't you say, I do? So a lot of you have been to a marriage. A marriage, almost like a marriage. It's a lifetime commitment. It's at least on God's part, anyway. He says, I'm, I'm committed. Are you committed? Are you willing to walk with me even when the trials come, the, the tribulations come? Are you willing to battle for my namesake? Are you willing just to fluff it off? You know, I got better things to do in my life. You know, I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. And, and, and you know, just all this. You know, you know that, that's, that's immature. God has called us to maturity in the, in the, in the things of God, in Christ, in his, in his Savior, his Son. 1 Corinthians 
Sometimes we forget about this. When we came to Jesus. It says what? Knowing not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you. Which you have a God and you're not your own. Do you ever consider that? You're not your own. For you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. Kind of touches on another subject that I kind of encourage others that in your spirit, in your body and in your spirit, what are you putting in you? What are you watching? What are you listening to? That is going to either, either it's going to glorify God in your spirit. Do you find yourself thinking thoughts that, what would that thought come from? Maybe it's something that you did watch or something you did listen to or something you saw. Why am I doing that? Aren't you, did you know that you were bought with a price? That you're not your own? I just, I just can't go there. you, you got to say to yourself, I can't go there because it does not edify. And I might say something that, that might come out of my mouth because of something that I saw or a thought or something that's come out of me or a bad attitude because I watched something that, I go, well, that sounds kind of neat. Oh, well, can I say that too? No. no. Remember, you are, you're a separated people unto his glory. First Corinthians 10, 1031, kind of, kind of goes on the same subject. Whether therefore you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all, all. There's that all again. Remember, love the Lord to God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Whatever you eat or drink, do whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Give none offense, neither to the Jews or to the Gentiles, nor the church of God. Even as I please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. What's your purpose? What's our purpose? While we're here on earth, that others might be saved. And as I say these things, I preach to myself. A lot of times these messages come out because of my own shortcomings. First Corinthians 10, 23. Let all, th all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify not. Let no man seek his own, but every, every man another's wealth. I think that's pretty clear, isn't it? Art, that's, that's, that's just too much for me, Art. That's really, I mean, I like to do these things and, you know, Remember, you're not our own. Consider the, the God who went through much for you. Some things you just got to lay down. Just those weights that Bible talks about. It tells us that you know, we're, not a, we're not against flesh and blood. We're not against one another. We're not against the, uh, the killer out there who killed somebody else. Of course, put him away and do what he needs to do with him so he can be, because he can't behave himself. But nonetheless, our, our battle is not against one another. It's not against our brothers in another church. It's not against 
one another here as in this church or our neighbor next to us who may cuss us out time to time or throw things at us. Who knows? And I've been out on the streets when that things have happened, when I used to street, street preach. People throw things at you. If any were bad words to the, to the fingers they know how to throw out there, to uh, whatever they want to, they, they, they do things, but that's them. And can't tell that against them because that's what they know because they live in the mire. But as believers, God has called us to love one another above all things and, of course, to love our neighbors as ourselves. Remember, our brothers in time past in Revelation 12, 11, they love not their life unto death. Remember, this is not our home, folks. This is not our home. I know we get caught up in the things that are going on around here. I'm just as guilty. We get caught up in what's happening, in the new thing that's come out, the new technology, the new uh, whatever fangle that's come out there, the new cars, the new this, the new that. Remember, we're going to leave that stuff behind. And the only thing we're taking with us is what we did for Christ. We got a new year, new year coming, right? New year coming. New year coming, yeah. Everybody likes to turn the leaf, right, type thing. I'm going to turn a new leaf today. But people don't realize that the winds come, and they turn that leaf back over again, amen? You say, well, I, I just turned the new leaf. Well, the, the trials and tribulations land sometimes turns that leaf back over again. I go, well, I pray that we would always make a commitment today. Before even the new year starts, That you're going to do what God wants you to do. And live the purpose of why you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't let your heart or your mind say that I don't have a purpose in this life. I need to have a family so I can have a purpose. I need to have a husband or a wife to have a purpose. I need to have a job to have a purpose. Remember, our greatest purpose is to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our king. And everything we do from what we eat and what we watch and everything we do is for him. Let's not let that go. And anytime you say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ, think about. Like anything else, anybody else you tell you thank you to. I think I brought this to somebody. Think about what they did for you. Think about that person who went to the, who took the time to take that glass, turn on the water, turn the water off and brought it to you. And you say, thank you. Think about what, when, what they went through to say thank you to you. I mean, to what they did to serve you. Again, when you say thank you to Jesus, think about that he was born in a manger, as we just celebrated. Think about all that he had to go through until the day he died and, and the blood he had to spill for us from the time he bled when he prayed, from the time they put the thorns on his head to the time he went to the cross. Think about all that just because of us. Say, so when you say thank you to Jesus, let that come to your mind. All that God did to come off his throne and come to the mire for us. Pray that the, the God can light a fire under our, in our souls and follow him. Hebrews 11.6, one of my favorite verses, He that cometh to God must believe that he is. And he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. 
He will reward you with the joy and, the, and everything that, needs to, that you need to be a believer. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father, we thank you. We thank you for the, the sacrifice, the love, the hurt, the pain that took you to the cross. Father, I pray that each of our hearts here, as the Holy Spirit speaks through us, would draw us to a greater relationship with you. It's not about us, Lord. It's all about you. That you may be glorified through us, our purchased possession. Bring into remembrance, Lord, always to be grateful for what you have done and never take that for granted. I thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you, folks, for your patience.